And welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael McGarris, everyone. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? <laughs> and we got we got the whole squad here today. You know who else we got with us, Mike, on the line? You know him, you love him. Former Division One tight end, the majestic beast, the big Wookie, Nicholas Cross. What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? Good to be back. Nick is so hyped. Hell, he'll jump in before I'm even done intro. I'm I so apologize hyped. about that. That's I, a hype. In my head, I was like, I, ju- I just jumped all over Keith right it's, there. It's, I jumped on the call because you got the enthusiasm, which is what we need right now. Okay, don't worry about that. Okay, <laughs> and also we got the. The fourth part of the team here, the first time I think we're all together at the same time doing a regular old AEBG show, my cousin Sammy, the greatest high school football coach in the nation, welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? All right, now, first of all, if you all asking yourself if I have a sweatshirt on with pizza and a cat riding a wizard, yes. Yeah, I have it on. Just relax. It's holiday time, right? That's what's happening right now. And we're going to get right into this, man. I mean, topic of the week, obviously, in the Jet Nation is the performance of Zach Wilson. Now, me and Mike have been going back and forth about this this whole week. All season, obviously, he's been under the microscope. We're all waiting for some progression here. Last week, I think, was a decent step backwards, at least in my eyes, for the previous week, where it seemed like he was playing a little bit better. Now, Mike has a bunch of stats that we're going to into. I have some stats, too. Before we get into the numbers, because numbers do tell part of the story when we do these things. You look at somebody's completion percentage, you look at somebody's quarterback rating, look at the touchdowns, look at the interceptions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But sometimes there's that separate thing from the numbers, guys, that we all know, just the eye test. How does somebody look to your eyeball? Forget about the stats. If you just plop down in the sidelines and you're watching the game, you don't know anyone out there. Does somebody look good or not look good? And according to me, at least, most recently, what I've seen from Zach since he's come back from injury, and before that, at least eye test-wise, um, does not look like a good quarterback, does not look like somebody who has a lot of confidence in himself, or that has a good grasp of what's going on there on the field. Now, we're going to get into these numbers in a second, but I want to just ask Mike first, because we felt good coming off last week. We had this performance this week, a little shaky, some bad passes, some bad passes that were, you know, pretty much layoffs also, which you all hear what we're looking for here, Mike. Uh, when that game finished with the Saints, I know it was a disappointing game for a lot of reasons, but when it just comes to Zach Wilson, Mike, what were your immediate feelings after the game finished on Sunday? Um, my immediate feelings were I need to look deeper into what the hell I just saw. It was pretty concerning, um, to say the least. Um, his accuracy, what's crazy about what I saw Sunday and what I've seen 
across the season is that he has accuracy issues and coming out of college that was never a problem for him also when we drafted him and we had OTAs and we had practice never once ever was accuracy a problem with him um the only time i remember accuracy being an issue was the green and white scrimmage the first time he stepped on the scene and was missing easy throws i remember them talking about that but besides that one time never did i hear about accuracy issues until the season started and we started watching that carolina game and so um i was hoping that this game i knew that you know he wasn't going to have the best wide receiving core there i knew that you know he was down running back one and two i knew that you know the saints play man d and that separation was going to be a problem so he would struggle a bit i did expect that and i think others did too but what i saw was problems that i have, we already had seen early with these missing of these easy throws that continue to manifest itself throughout the uh the game and then not only that um but him also not really changing uh you know his approach throughout the game it just looked bad across the board now there there was there was one play and I want want to ask Sam and I want to ask Nick this question cuz both of them coached football um <clears throat> I don't there's there's something I don't really understand with what I'm seeing with Zach Wilson it just doesn't make sense to me there was a you guys remember the throw that he tried to hit Griffin where the pocket broke down he went outside safety came in and he, Griffin was wide open and he missed him easy peasy throw any one of us could have made it that was on second down third down uh mims went and broke off on a go route he could have hit him also crowder uh went in on a break and if he had immediately thrown the ball to crowder right off the bat it would have been a first down but he hesitated and then he threw it over him and it was an incomplete fourth down right so you know you're you're thinking to myself yourself okay you have accuracy issues and then you're holding the ball for whatever reason but then on that fourth down Barrios goes on an inside slant and the throw is fucking phenomenal excuse my language like don't talk to me like that wasn't a ridiculous throw and anyone who saw that even Orlowski said did you see that like most quarterbacks can't make a throw like that how does one look one way and then in the same rep make a throw that looks awesome and when you look at Jack Wilson across the board you you three quarters and that i mean three halves that's all we've seen of good football from him the rest has been crappy but in those three halves the half against the Carolina Panthers the half against the Titans the half against the Eagles early on you know you saw competence and you saw wow throws look at a uh, Christian Hackenberg when you look at Bryce Petty well, I'm just naming guys off they never could make those type of throws but they were just inaccurate and they their footwork was off they just were not accurate throwers 
like how can you explain what we're seeing from Zach Wilson on how easy these these plays are and he's not able to do it and then you know at times he can make these incredible throws and how, how do you explain something like that well I mean obviously he's comfortable on certain on certain routes certain plays comfortable with certain receivers at this point in in, in the season um he's getting con- it's not not that he's getting confused either he doesn't know what's going on as far as all of his progressions on every play or he doesn't have confidence in the offensive line when he's back there because as you said Mike accuracy was never an issue with this kid coming out and now all of a sudden you have a game like that it it's tough to explain but it's, it's got to be one of those two things yeah I couldn't agree more it's almost like a uh like a David Carr, Sanchez, like syndrome type thing where you start with this terrible offensive line, you're constantly under pressure, constantly being hit. It's causing you to put all this tremendous amount of pressure on your own shoulders. And then you actually fix the line issues where the kid had a bunch of time all all game. And you watch the offensive line, you're like, holy crap, he has like a, a ton of time back there. And he's just making, he's throwing balls in the dirt that are screens to his direct left. Right. So not only like what he said, he lacks that confidence and that ability to progress. But I think he's got this just sort of scared mentality where he's not confident enough to deliver the throws every play. And and it really shows. And then you sit out there and you say, why? Like, why even put the kid out there? Sam, when, like, that's that's forward, after know? looking at the tape. And that's where I was going to conclude. After looking at what I've seen, what I think the problem is, is him. He's not confident. He has, you want to call it the yips? He because we know the kid can. Let's just this 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 narrative like he can't. He can throw the freaking football. He he just doesn't. Something's not right in the head. He's not think. I don't know. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe he has too many quarterback coaches. Maybe he, you know, whatever. He got scared. You know, that first green and white scrimmage was the first time we saw it. It was the first time he was out on the big stage. He acts like he's not afraid, but I think he's shook. That's my opinion on it. I thought that might have been where you're going, Mike, is, you know, his strength. I remember the beginning of the season, Mike, we'd get on here and we'd say, wow, he's missing some of these easy throws. And second game, third game, and why that scared us is because accuracy wasn't really an issue. That wasn't something in the profile heading into the draft, heading into the season, that anyone was too concerned about with this kid. We're thinking because of how accurate he was in college and we saw in the preseason, those easy ones, he's going to hit those. We don't have to worry about those. Uh, instead, we're in a different place. I I think that is what it is. I mean, it does seem like this is mental when you see that pass to Griffin. I mean, the the, the, the life came out of the stadium right there. The pass to Berrios... On the that, that that um the bubble screen, no one's there. He's two yards. He's two yards away, dude. And there's a couple other passes everyone knows in the game. You mentioned a good one to Crowder, Mike. Which, if anyone you sent me that footage, I went back looked at that play. Also, Crowder's wide open for about two seconds, and then he threw the ball to him. So there's even plays that you can't even tell unless you go and rewatch the game that he was off. Also, and to be 45 percent completion percentage, that's tough, man. And then, like everybody knows, there was some drops. Ty Johnson, I don't, I don't know what is going on with Ty Johnson. I don't know what his deal is. He can't catch the ball. Though. He doesn't need to be on the field if that's how he's going to play. But I'll tell you what, after the Carolina game, now he had two touchdowns his first game of the season. He started eight games since then. Since then, he's only thrown four touchdowns since the first game of the season. We have six games this year where Zach Wilson hasn't thrown a touchdown. 
And I think that's what's more concerning. Forget about Mike White or Joe Flacco or Josh Johnson. Um, what I look at is the fact that when Mike White was in there versus the Bengals, forget about QB rating, all that fun stuff. They had 510 yards of offense that game. Then Joe Flacco comes in. He plays versus the Dolphins. They almost had 400 yards of offense. Josh Johnson in the game they played versus the Colts, they almost had 500 yards of offense. Okay? These guys aren't great quarterbacks, but they're going out there and we're getting a lot of offense. Uh, a lot of offensive yards with those quarterbacks. And then Zach comes in versus the Texans, 266 versus the Eagles, 281 in the last game. Um, you know, we had about 250 yards. So the offense looks completely different with him in there as opposed to anyone else. You, no one can argue that right now. Statistically, I test, whatever you want to say. I mean, Joe Flacco's QB rating right now is 113. You know, um, not that Joe Flacco's so great. But he'll just go out and make those plays. He's going to make all the, the regular routine plays because he's a veteran quarterback. Where Zach right now, um, I think you all kind of touched on it. It does seem like it's confidence. I don't know anymore if it's positive. I don't care how this sounds to any Jets fan. What our goal is, is for Zach Wilson to be the quarterback long-term and us to be successful long-term. I don't know if it's in his best interest to continue throwing him out there to play like this. Just for, I'm just talking about confidence-wise. And I'm not pretending like I know. Maybe you keep running them out, and this might sound crazy because you want to see that improvement. We're not seeing improvement. We're seeing him go the opposite direction. He's not getting better. I know played a good half versus the Eagles, and he got rookie of the, uh, the week, which is tremendous. But besides that half, as Mike mentioned, there's maybe only four other quarters of the season that he's played with. I mean, he's not getting better. Guys aren't holding on the balls. And then we have another guy out there who had an opportunity, Michael, to take the reins of a position. His name is Denzel Mims. Mike went out there last week, made a plea to Denzel. Put it out there for the universe to see. We interviewed Denzel last January. Said he wanted to be a number one. He feels like he's a number one. We know he has the height. We know he has the speed. We know he has maybe the physical attributes. Doesn't seem like he has the mental attributes. And maybe I'll just throw to Sammy real quick on this one first because he does coach these youths out there now. When you have somebody that seems like physically they have all the tools, but you just cannot get through to them mentally, how frustrating is that for you as a coach? And at what point do you cut bait and stop making excuses like Robert Sala does and you do the opposite and maybe you have to give some tough you have to say some tough words, give some tough motivation, be critical of the player to actually get the best out of them. Right. So for me, obviously being in high school, I can't, I don't have the same freedom to say certain things to kids as Robert Sala has to say to Denzel Mims, but someone needs to get in his butt, right? And make sure that this guy, the reason he sat is because he didn't prove that he had the mental acumen to understand the defense. And he kept sitting to prove that point that no matter how talented you are, you still need to learn the X's and O's to play on this football team. And Salah made that super clear from the beginning of the season. And now we're week 12, 13, 14 in, and he still doesn't understand where he's supposed to be on the field. There was times where we had to call a timeout because Denzel Mims is on the wrong side of the field. Yeah. Yep. Like, well, dude, you're over there, right? And this guy's got all the physical ability in the world, but he can't just get it in his headspace that it takes more than that. Mike, we have been saying that there was rumors early on in the season. They kind of floated out there that the reason this guy wasn't playing was all mental stuff, playbook stuff, not having a grasp of the offense. And then this week, he's not even lining up in the right. Forget about the two penalties we'll get into in a moment. Okay? Doesn't even know where to line up. I mean, I, I want to go to Mike first. Mike was, was excited for this week for a lot of reasons, but one of them was that 
this was a chance for Mims to go out and let everybody know, look, forget about my first season, forget about the COVID, forget about the injuries, forget about all the stuff that led up to this week. I have a chance to prove I am a legit receiver here in the NFL. Didn't do that, Mike. He said he did the complete opposite and could not have blown it more. Uh, what were your feelings on Denzel Mims this Sunday after the smoke cleared from this 13-9 loss to the Saints, Mike? I was disappointed. I was angry, you know, because the Jets were going to potentially score a touchdown and help the young rookie get a little bit more confidence. And uh, Denzel essentially just wiped that completely out. Um, Denzel, let me just say this, guys. A lot of people are going to hit JD for that first draft class, and, and rightfully so. There's no question. I do. This is my personal belief. I'm not saying anybody else. This is just me. I think that Joe Douglas drafted for what Adam Gase wanted in Adam Gase's system. I think Denzel is the type of stretch receiver that worked in an Adam Gase type offense and is not really predicated to more of a Robert Sala. I think he got a Michael P. Ryan because that was the type of running back that Adam Gase wanted to have. Um, and a lot of these run, uh, uh, picks weren't really good picks, but especially now with the system we have they're they're going to just fall off and it's going to look like a terrible draft but that's what happens when you don't have consistency and fellow jet fans that's what keith and i are trying to tell you guys now as bad as it looks and the doldrums look we are aligned so um and i'll get to potentially next year what we need to do but now that we're synchronized you'll see the drafting fit the system and you'll see the players uh execute per you know what the what we're we're trying to do here so denzel look you know i think probably now it's time to move on in my opinion um that's just how i feel about it because look it's just the the history um you could tell that he doesn't un I, I feel like again he doesn't have the confidence he doesn't understand really uh you know what he's doing out there you, you know you got a guy like uh, more elijah moore who's a rookie and just out there killing it. I mean, just absolutely killing it. And if, if he was out there, I would feel so much better right now. You know, he's one of the bright spots. But how do you got a rookie out there just absolutely cooking the books and you're a second-year player and you're still having penalties and stuff like that? So it's, it's really, really disappointing. And I don't think it's really fair even to a guy like, uh, you know, the quarterback you need a veteran quarterback to help guys like Denzel Mims be like, hey, I want to make sure you got that protection here. And when you get open, I'll try to look for you, whatever. Like, Zach doesn't even know what the hell he's doing. So what is he going to do to try to help a guy like Mims? It's a bad, it's a, just a bad situation. And now we're going up against Miami. He's going to get another shot. Look, if he goes out there, puts up 103 TDs like a moss, hey, man, we're back in business, baby. But yeah. you know, like <laughs> that's that's, that's the type of that's what he's gonna have to do. Nick, he's gonna have to do something like that to keep his job, in my opinion. Uh, well, I think you're 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 asking for lofty, lofty goals right there. I mean, if he has one, if he has fifty yards and a touchdown, I think you got to be happy at that point. Yeah, I'll take that. Right now. I know, what you, I know what you're saying, Mike. Look, I had lofty goals. I had lofty goals about the kicking situation. You made a call to Senor. You got his cousin right. Pinero up in the building. Dude blasted three field goals in the wind, brother. Yeah. I was there, <laughs> man. It was windy as hell this weekend, too. Wifey was freezing in the parking lot. So those are not easy kicks. So he held it down. Man actually had a good game punting the ball, too. Barrios was good on special teams, also. One thing, one last thing on Mims that bummed me out, guys, is 
So he completely just blows his chance this week. And he'll get another shot next week, like Mike said. But uh, this first opportunity here to kind of maybe uh, put his name out there as a legit receiver in the NFL, get some serious look, get some serious target, blows it, he ends up getting benched, gets two horrible penalties, which sets us back. What bothered me is he doesn't even want to meet the media after the game. Bro, you're not... Bro, you're not at a, I'm not going to meet the media level yet. No. This is not, you're not at that part of your career. Like, uh, I'm stoked you met with us. You know, we're all the way down the pecking order somewhere, I guess, to count as the media. I don't know. But uh, I know that after a game like that in New York, when you have, when people are questioning your maturity issues, to not meet the media and then not want to meet the media Monday and Tuesday also and do your best not to do that, that's not a good look. That's never going to look good to people in New York. And one other thing, man, Salah, after the game, and I just want to throw this at Sammy, and I want to throw this at Mike and the Wook. One of the criticisms you hear of Aaron Boone here in New York as a, as a manager of the Yanks is everything is always kumbaya. Gary Sanchez is batting 123, and he acts like he's an all-star, and he, you know, he's, t- he's Tony Gwynn, right? And it does seem like he always... There's to a degree you want to have that positive reinforcement, but there does come a time when you need to be realistic. And Salah, I do like that he's a player's coach, doesn't throw the players under the bus. I totally understand that. His press conferences are a lot nicer to listen to than Adam Gase. But one thing I noticed this far into the season here now, we've been losing a lot of games, we've been in a lot of tough situations. Get a lot of that coach speak, totally get that. But he's talking about Zach Wilson last week, guys. And he said, yeah, you know, some of those throws are tough. It's really cold out here. It's tough to get a hold of the ball. It was 50 degrees out. Okay. I mean, what, I, you're kind of insulting our intelligence. We live in New York. It's as warm as it's going to get for December. And he said that. And even with some of the things with Mims, you win games, I should say, guys. Don't you have to kind of be a little bit more critical? You can't just keep telling everyone how great it is, how great the players are, how you're going to turn around and keep piling up losses, right? Don't you at some point have to be slightly more critical? I know, Sammy, like you said, your high school coach is a little different for you, but Salah here, like, I'm waiting for him to kind of lower the boom on some of these guys, and it just seems like it's more of the same every week, and he's almost making excuses for these dudes. Do you guys kind of see it that way? I think what you hear from me now is uh, you're probably not going to agree with it. This is what I've gotten from Twitter. So supposedly that one skip play, um, the ball slipped. That's what is being said. I, I honestly I don't know, and I watched it. I rewatched it like mad times to kind of see if it did. I think that that's that's what Zach told him, and that he was saying. I think that's what happened. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's like I, when you get in trouble in school, and the teachers <laughs> before the teachers talk to your mom, you get to her first. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Everything was about to tell you it happened like that. Yeah. Believe what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I I will say that um after Gase and after Bowles and after all that, like I get it. He needs to he may want to be a little more realistic right now with the youth on this team, the way and how impressionable all those uh, all those kids are. The attitude he has, I I admire it in this one way. He's not allowing the New York media to get to him. Uh, I know he's had some pointed questions. He's like, I'm not going there with it. That happened last it, week. Yeah. It, if if he is right about what we're going through, this is the worst part. And 
he holds himself and gets through this and next year is a much better, we'll be looking back on this being like, yo, good job, coach. Like you held your shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I will, I will, what I'm trying to explain to the listeners, to you and the listeners is that I will take that over what what other crap we've seen from coaches. You know what I'm saying? That's if that's his that's worst part, then I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, I'm, I'm just nitpicking because like, my, you know the type of person I am. I'm just, yeah. I cut right to bullshit. So when yeah. I hear the bullshit, it's hard for me to absorb yeah. it. No, but I, I guess com- context wise, in comparison, maybe a much better place for our coach to be than previous coaches. And Mike alluded to this before, that 2020 draft class right now, we're pretty much looking at Bryce Hall as a solid player moving forward. Becton, question mark. Um, I guess I guess the punter will give him a question mark. Michael and everybody else, Mims, Davis, Zuniga, P. Ryan, James Morgan, Cameron Clark. Cameron um, Clark. We're getting someone else in there, but all those guys. Ashton like, Davis. Ashton Davis, thank you. That's the other second round pick we might have missed on there. So all those guys seem like whiffs right now. Maybe they were predicated on an Adam Gay system. You might be correct with that because this 2021 draft, Zach, we're going to put him to the side for a moment. Yeah. Put Zach to the side. Yeah. We have three picks we hit on big time. Crushed. Um, Crushed. Just to, just to come back to Salah, too, like your first hope is that he's saying that publicly, but in the locker room, he's like, get, get it together. Like, what True. is happening? Because as the head coach, you can't. There have been times where you want to talk to people and you're like, we suck. Like, we're so <laughs> terrible. Right? But you can't, like, and that, especially with the news nowadays, you can't get on in the press conference and be like, we suck. Sorry. You yeah, know? no, I know. And, and and it's not like it's not even like the the team just doesn't look functional, you know. And you put a kid who lacks confidence out there. And when the Jet offense came out, I was like, "What? Who is playing this game right now?" You know. And and you yeah. put you put Zach, who already lacks all his confidence, in probably the worst situation of all time. Like Mike was saying, the Saints are running man defense. They're gonna mass things. Even missing Cameron Jordan. Right, like it's still a tough defense to play against. But my hope is that Salah's still also the second part is that he's still learning how to be a head coach in the NFL. So yeah. he's still learning how to interact with the media, what to, what to say and do, because he's never had that kind of pressure on him before to be the guy that the buck stops with. So maybe he's also exploring like, what are things that I can kind of get away with saying? I can't say. I also want to keep my team behind me because they're so young and they're looking to me for leadership. So I'm going to pretend like everything's good and dandy and maybe in private say, hey, fix it. I want to say one thing, guys. I want to say one thing, and it is a positive pie in the sky thing. Keith, my hope is that um, this young coaching staff and Zach Wilson, when they first are going up against these teams, you know, they're taking in, they're learning. Because the only team that they played, I believe, a second time were the New England Patriots. And yeah. in that game, Zach Wilson, to me, that first quarter, played pretty well. Um, and actually would have thrown a touchdown if he hadn't gotten hurt. Um, and that was the second time he saw them, right? And and also the offensive coordinator understanding the defense, right? So we're let's, you know, I, I'm, I'm con- I am concerned, though. My concern meter is like way up there at eight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what he does against Miami. He's seen them already. Actually, Zach's never played against them, but the offensive coordinator has. So they've seen the defenses. Let's see how uh, the offense does against this team. Zach did see them from the sidelines. I know it's different playing against them, but who knows? They got really good cornerbacks. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens coming up on Sunday. 
Yeah, I mean, one also positive note, uh, we'll get back to the Dolphins in one sec, from the past game was C.J. Mosley at 17 tackle, played with the Beast, looked great. Elijah Riley out there, number 33, took over the number 33 and is doing it, doing it good, doing it proud. Okay, out there playing like a beast out there. Lifelong, uh, sorry, lifelong Jet fan um, out there living his dream, playing for the Jets at 10 tackles. He played well too. And when it comes to the way the Saints played, I mean, this is what frustrated me, Mike. Taysom Hill is a scrub. And this dude can't complete a pass more than five yards. So they ran the ball. They ran the ball 44 times, guys. Okay, 44 times, 203 yards. I think uh, Taysom Hill had about 73 yards. Kamara had about a buck 20. Tony Jones with a few carries there. We averaged the same amount per carry in the game as they did. We ran the ball 17 times. They ran the ball 44 times. That's the difference in the game right there. They were able to control the clock. Um, and the game was actually pretty close, if you think about it. For a good portion of the game, with us not even be able to operate on offense because the field goal kicker, and they weren't able to get anything done. The third and the fourth quarter, they kind of ran away with it there. Um, there really wasn't too many positives. None of no really positives on the offense to take away. I know next week we should be getting back Michael Carter. Both Michael Carter should be coming back. And this Dolphin game now, the Dolphins when we played them last time had a few wins in a row before that they were one and eight they won a couple but they have a winning streak now five games in a row they've actually been playing really well and the main reason why mike is their defense their offense is still putrid their offense averages less yards per game than us wow which is hard hard to wrap your mind around um but it's actually true the dolphins actually average less yards per game than the new york jets and, and, tua, season. and, and keith tua and mac jones this is why you and I, nobody thought that Tua was a good quarterback or Mac Jones was a cool, quote, good quarterback, guys, like, and Mike White. They, what do they do well? They dink and dunk. They make easy plays. That's all they do. Keith, that's all that's it. he does, man. And, but they're yeah, accurate. Yeah. They, they make the, you know, the little hitch yeah. and whatever. That, that's all we're asking Mac to do. Like, like, just make the, just and make look the damn your- throws, man. Like, just do that. It's not NFL. hard. We don't respect Mac Jones or Tua. We're like, those aren't good quarterbacks. They're just dinking yeah. dunkers. You know what I'm saying? You can't even do that. Like, come on, dude. You know? Yeah, Tua doesn't. Tua doesn't scare you. Their offense doesn't scare you. They don't even get a lot done on offense. It's just they've been playing really well on defense. If you look, I mean, they, they are right now, they, you look at the season average, they're giving up about 358 yards a game. But these past five games, they're only giving up about 250 yards a game. Just to put that in context, the Bills have the number one defense in the league. They give up about 280 a game. So the past five games, the Bills are playing, the, the Dolphins are playing even better than that. So that's how they're getting done. Because like you said, their offense isn't great. But when they're asking Tua to get these dink and dunks and do these little things, he, he can't throw the ball far. So most of the passes they have are around the line of scrimmage, like Mike said. And they're having success. Mac Jones of the Patriots having success because they're able to execute, able to execute around the line of scrimmage. And in a lot of ways, you guys look around the league. Look at the, look at the way these offenses are being run around. The league. I know the Rams take some shots down the field. Uh, the Chiefs will take shots down the field. They actually had to dial in a little bit more, more recently too. I mean, a lot of these teams are operating 15 yards and in, 10 yards and in, bubble screens, um, dump offs all day long. And those passes, I read Rich Sinini wrote that the, the passes that Zach Wilson's missing. Those wide open screen passes, those dump offs, the normal accuracy in the NFL on those passes is about 93%. Because those are wide open passes three feet away. Those are those are a layup for quarterbacks. You know, theoretically, we keep saying that term. That's a layup for a quarterback. And most quarterbacks hit those. 
And then maybe you get a, a cheap eight yards, even though you just dumped it off two feet, you know, and that's how you help your stats out. So once Zach gets those down, he's going to be in a much better spot. QB so, rating wise, statistically. Go ahead. So that's, that's the question I really want to pose to you guys. Okay. If I told you that you had um, a, you know, if, if uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll use Keith as an example, you know, we want to hire, we have the interns, you know, that work for Wookie. And you know the interns got to have skills here at AEBG, and they do all the stuff. And if we had an in, one of the interns, right, and that intern could do like ill mixing, like with video and audio, and some of the stuff that you do, you know, as an audio engineer, you would see him, him and be like, "Whoa, look at that!" Like he could, but he can't log on to Zoom half the time. <laughs> what would you like? Yeah. Honestly, honestly, like you know, he can do these things. But you're like, yo, you can't even freaking get on the damn platform. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Would you still look at investing in in, in a uh, in an in intern like that, and just say, look, all we got to do is just teach you, click here, click here, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you already know how to mix all this crap and put all this stuff together. I mean, you can basically do this, right? Like, I look at Zach Wilson, like, Zam Darnold had problems, period. Like he didn't know how to read defenses he like he was getting confused on his his mechanics were all over the place like he's just sloppy to me with sam and but zach is like dude just get your crap together man and but like Mike. I, if that's the problem and and and, and that's why i want to ask you guys if that is i in my mind i'm like i would rather have a guy like that because i feel like that's fixable to me and maybe I'm wrong and maybe his mental is just not there and he'll never do it. But like, I feel like we know you can do it, dude. Just do it. That's just my opinion. I I, I don't know, maybe. Well, let me, let ask, me ask you I, a question, Mike. Yeah. It's hard to it's hard to argue though that Sam Darnold was better in his rookie season than Zach Wilson. That's not even debatable. Absolutely. So at this point, and Sam Darnold went on to not be a good quarterback with the Jets and now the Panthers. So we know we we know kind of where his story went. We don't know where Zach's going. So don't think Mike and I are condemning Zach Wilson to not be a good player. But at this point in his career, Sam Darnold with Adam with excuse me with um with Todd Bowles as his coach, his first year there, um he was further ahead by playing better because the end of his first season, Sam Darnold played well. Yeah, we saw progress. I mean, your Jet fans, all of us were stoked about it. Here coming into the end of the season with Zach, we're not seeing that. Um, I think that's a little scary. And when you look at, um, you know, this game we're going into now, when we had Joe Flacco at quarterback, now I, I was mentioning the Dolphins defense most recently. They've only given up, they haven't really given up a lot of yards recently. They gave up 272 to the Texans, 300 to the Ravens, 198 to the Panthers, 250 to the Giants. In that five game winning streak, the team that had the best day against them was the Jets with Joe Flacco, 380 right. yards. So they've actually had the best day. Joe Flacco out there went out and executed. So you're going to kind of see a direct comparison now with Zach out there so quickly after Joe Flacco, right, guys? So we just yeah. saw Joe Flacco play him. Right in the middle of this winning streak, they're still hopping Dolphins. Now we're going to see Zach play him. Um, I don't think they're going to sit Zach. I was just positing that before because I wasn't sure if for his development, the best thing to do is to keep crushing this kid's confidence because I don't think anyone can argue well, it does not look like he's confident right now at all. Yeah, I mean, Keith, when you look at it this way, and, and look, he probably knows this too, like, if, if you're running a high school team, do you start the freshman when you have a junior like sitting, hanging out? No, you go with the junior, right? Like Zach Wilson's 22 years old. He's still a kid. 
Some people are still a senior in college at 22 years old. He's playing in the NFL with grown men. So I feel like part of it is what Michael's saying, like, just go out there and do it. But maybe he needs to sit and get, I, I think they have a lot of work to do the next year. We can talk about that, you know, different thing, but you have a lot of pieces to fill in. And when you're throwing a rookie out with your number one receiver is unproven Denzel Mims, Jansen Carter, who's a very good slot receiver and the third string uh, running back who can't catch a football to save his life. Like you're setting this kid up to be damaged. And you yeah. promised that you wouldn't do the same thing you do with Sam, with Zach, and you're doing it. So sit yeah. the kid. Yeah. Take your lumps. You have two picks that hopefully stay in the top 10. So you, you take your lumps, you hope those picks are better, and you address the holes that you have. And that, let the kid not get beat up so much every week, week in and week out, and just crush his confidence. Now, and we don't, and look, guys, uh, Joe Flacco's not Jimmy G like they have in San Francisco, but Lance, because he's not ready to play yet, because he only threw 300 passes in college, he's sitting the whole season. A much better option. Jimmy G is a proven quarterback in the NFL. I'm not comparing the two. But we didn't have any veteran in here. We just threw Zach right into the fire. We're seeing the results right now. We're seeing the results. He is the lowest ranked quarterback in the league. Worst completion percentage in the league. Um, that's why I'm saying to you, Mike, and everyone else, I don't know. I don't know. Is it better to have a dude sit? Is it better to have him just go absorb? Or is it better to keep throwing him out there, getting the reps, and hopefully he turns a corner? So, um... I know we uh, a guest we have on here is uh, Mike Milano, the most miserable uh, Jet fan in the history of Jet fans. Yes, the most miserable. I, he's he, and, and miserable Jet fans uh, like to say just miserable things. He, and he met he got so upset that he's like, if he doesn't get better in the next few games, we should just cut him and get Aaron Rodgers. And it's unfortunate. And and he just you know I I just look at I read it Love and I'm just like I can't with these people. I, I it, now. I feel like to you, to your point, if he really struggles again, maybe we do sit him. But the way, the pathway forward on what I would do with Zach Wilson is one, get one quarterback coach. I don't want to hear his John Beck and all these people. One, just one voice, work on his stuff in the offseason. The second thing I would do, I would either trade draft picks or draft picks. I'm not saying premium draft picks, maybe later draft picks or whatever. I would trade capital to bring in a veteran quarterback. And I'm not talking about a Joe Flacco. I'm talking about Marcus Mariota. I'm talking about Derek Carr, probably going to get released from the from the Raiders. I'm talking about a guy that can come in here and be the starting quarterback next year and push Zach Wilson in the offseason. And if Zach can't beat him out, then Derek Carr is our starting quarterback or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Trubitsky. There's a couple of those guys out. Even Heineke. I'll take Heineke. Shoot. Yeah. Heineke looks great. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I looked at Heineke stats. I'm like, could you imagine if Zach Wilson was doing this yeah. right now? Like, we'd be going over the moon. <laughs> you know what, Mike? People would hear what you just said and think that's crazy. But what I would say to those people is that when we drafted Mark Sanchez for two years, he was garbage. And we won in spite of him where if we maybe had a veteran in there and it wasn't Mark Sanchez playing, an actual just average player, go look at his stats his first two years in the league, Mark Sanchez. He's just as bad as Zach Wilson is right now, okay? Um, if we had a, a real actual quarterback in there, maybe we go to the Super Bowl. Maybe we go even further, because a lot of what we did was in spite of him. So um, maybe you allow that guy to grow on the bench and get better and play a veteran. Or if he's better than that dude, then he plays. Exactly. I mean, that's not that crazy. Exactly. And, to, and there's exactly. no... 
and there's no harm in uh, exploring these options because basically, well, what do we want to do long term? We want to win football. Games. We want to win. And if it's Zach Wilson, and, great. And, and I see a guy like Trubisky and Mariota as they they deserve a second shot. I, I think they're they're uh, you know they were a little disappointing in the things they did. I think Mitch Trubisky got a pretty you know there were times where he looked pretty decent and Mariota too. And I feel like those guys would one of them would be great. Bring them yeah. in here. You know, I know one thing that's going to help us out this weekend. Um, they got, got got that rookie, that Javon Holland, young player, safety sensation for them in Miami, not playing this week. Uh, I know Miles Gaskins is out, Lindsey's out, Ahmed's out, all the running backs are out. We're going to get back Tyler Croft. We're getting back Hoff. We're getting back both Michael Carter's this week. Um, Michael Carter was playing great before he went out in the run game. Ty Johnson, I, Mike, we were big fans. I, I don't want to ever see him again. I, I'm sorry. I don't. You're and one thing that escaped us. Now he, there was some drop balls, but these you know guys lining up in the wrong spots, people dropping balls. Now Zach's already playing like garbage. Right. Then right. you're adding in to this kid's paranoia and his tension and anxiety when he does do the right thing one out of ten times, and we completely mess it up. When we when he manages to do the right thing, the kid, someone's offside. Someone's in the wrong place. Someone drops the ball. It's like, you know, it's a complete perfect storm of garbage out there for this poor kid. Um, which is what Sammy was saying before, since everything's going wrong in other places also, guys are hurt on offense, um, people are not lining up in the right places. It doesn't seem like people are making plays when he gives them a chance, Zach. And that could be his fault because this timing's so off, guys don't know what to do when he's out there. But why do you God, think man, just, why do you think I got so mad in the Texan game when he hit Griffin for a touchdown and he dropped it? I lost it. I was like, you Yeah. How could you drop that, man? You, you're trying to help the kid, man. <laughs> but we know how these division games go. Now, the, the Dolphins don't have a great offense, guys. They're 29th in the league, total yards per game. Their defense the past five or six weeks has been, been playing into an elite level. Whether or not that's for real or it's a product of their schedule, you go look besides the Ravens. Their schedule wasn't the toughest. We'll see this weekend. But I do know one thing, man. Zach, Jet Nation right now is... Uh, we're reeling. We're all concerned. Mike said the concern level was at an eight. I know for a lot of Jeff fans, the concern level is at a 10. And the reason why is Sam Darnold and Mark Sanchez. That's the reason why. That's the reason Jet fans are like, whoa, we've seen this before. Draft a young guy, doesn't look that great. We wait for him to get better. He never gets better. Now, Sam Darnold and Mark Sanchez had a lot more time than Zach Wilson. He's only played nine games to get. We're not, we're not getting rid of Zach Wilson yet. It's just once you've seen something a few times, you're much quicker to judge. That's how life works, right, Mike? We've seen this. We've seen other guys go down a road where they've never improved, and we end up retrospect being like, oh, those guys stink. But we had hopes. We had hopes for Sanchez. We had hopes for Darnold. We got hopes for Wilson. We don't want him to end up in the scrap heap, okay? We don't want that at all. It's only nine games in. But we need to see something, right? Like, you have to give us something as this year's ending because you're kind of going in the opposite direction. All Jet fans want, all we've said all year is, look, even if we stink, even if we're losing games, if we're watching Wilson get better and the team get better in small places, small, you know, um, small sample sizes for quarters for certain drives, we could take it. And we're you not know, seeing that. Sam, I want, and, and Nick, I want to let you guys know something. Keith and I looked and uh, Zach Wilson's passer rating right now is, I think, the fifth or the sixth worst of any rookie quarterback with a minimum start of eight games. Do you know who's number eight? Daniel Jones. Justin Fields. Do you know who number nine is? 
Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's the Wild. one positive part about all this is that the other rookies suck. That's what I'm saying. That's like, true. You're gonna throw these guys they're out terrible. Of the they're all. Like, they're all bad, dude. Like Trevor Lawrence just threw four interceptions yesterday, yeah. and you got Urban Meyer pulling his hand away because he can't handle it. <laughs> the other added layer of this that we don't have thrust upon us is that the guy picked in front of Zach that everyone wanted us to tank for isn't playing well. If he was out there balling, that would have been another whole genre, another whole layer of stress to put on top of Zach. Look at this guy, everyone they, everyone would have said, that's the guy we wanted to get, look how he's playing. Instead, Trevor Lawrence is also playing like garbage. He's worked quarterbacks besides Mac Jones, who's probably in the best situation of all of them, obviously. Um, none of them are really playing that well. I know Wilson, I know Lawrence is struggling, Fields is struggling. Fields is one of the only quarterbacks that we actually throw for less yards per game than Zach Wilson right Trey now. Trey Lance can't even get up. Keith, they said he, he is even nowhere even near ready. So our concern, yeah, our concern, Mike and I, before this draft, was that he's only thrown 300 passes and he threw them not at a high level. Um, and I, I think Trey Lance is someone that's a project, probably will be starting for them next year. Um, kind of more of a gadget guy right now, but... I, it's not like we can look at anyone and make too many judgments on other guys' quarterbacks. Our guys struggling big time. But I'm hoping this weekend versus the Dolphins. I mean, it's it's a division game. I'm, I told you, I'm not putting us to win a game the rest of the year because of the way things are going. They just keep disappointing. The defense is up and down. They can't seem to make a stop when we need to make a big stop. Dolphins' defense is playing good. But this is I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think this is going to be a close game. I think if Zach is struggling in the first half again, Mike, if he struggles like he did in the second half of this most recent game, and like we've seen for a good portion of this year, but we have a chance to win the game, just get him out of there and deflect away. I mean, do wins matter? No, not at this point. But if we want to see these other players get a chance to show their skills, you know, you were saying Mims maybe isn't in the possessed position to shine because of the play of Zach Wilson, which makes sense, Mike. We, we, there's other players that are in a similar spot. We need to have someone in there that can get the best out of everyone so we can see their skills as well. You know, we saw all these bubble screens and different players come alive all of a sudden when Josh Johnson's out there and Mike White's out there and Joe Flacco's out there, and they go back to just being completely unheard of when Zach Wilson's out there. You have to, at some point, we have to think about the other players on the team too and their maturation and their growth. Are we hurting their growth by continuing to put a quarterback out there that's not helping them? I mean, this is all things that Coach Salah's been away. And we're heading into this weekend with, uh, you know, Jet Nation bummed out, depressed, last week's game stunk. A win this week would help that opinion, Mike. What do you think? This weekend, Mike, you want to go on a limb and say you think the Jets are going to spank the Dolphins? No, I think we're going to get our <laughs> ass kicked, in my opinion. We don't play down. We don't play well down in Miami ever. And um, I just think Zach will struggle again. I do think the running game is going to be much better. We get Michael Carter back. We get Tevin Coleman back. I think that will leverage. I think Zach will have a better game than he had against the Saints because of that. But I, I do think that he'll also. I think that if Zach is going to break out, if there is a game, it will be versus Urban Meyer. That's that's the one game that rookie. I'm, I'm, and it, you know, it's down, it's going to be down. Oh no, it's going to be in the Meadowlands. It's going to oh, be in the oh, Meadowlands. Day after, day after Christmas, I'll the be there. Day after the Christmas. I just feel like if there's one game he's going to do well, he's going to be like, you know what? Screw you, Mr. L Trevor Lawrence. is just yeah. ball, son. But not this game. I think we're going to get beat pretty bad. And I think Zach will struggle. I think people will flip out and understood. Um, but I hopefully, there is one thing, and I want to ask this to Sam and Nick. 
that I've seen from Zach that's been a positive. One one thing, I feel like his decision making has been better in the last few games, and the reason why I say that is his interceptions are down. Okay, and if you look at the throws that he's making, maybe not the timing. Maybe not holding the ball, but where he's going is the right read. Better than what it was, at least, in the first five games. So I think that part of his game is getting better. Yeah. yeah. Steps. You got to take each, each step at a time. If you if you can't improve every, I mean, you can't improve everything at once. So if, if you're going to do, if you're going to, the long haul of it is, you get better at one little thing here and there. And you just try to get you build. You got to build that up for the rest of the season. That's the only yeah. way he's going to get better on the whole. Yeah. How many games does he have this year without a pick? Not many. So I mean, it was nice to see that last game. Like Mike's basically saying, at least he thinks he thinks he knows where to go with the ball now. Now you just got to get the ball there. You yeah. Know he, what I'm get yeah. it to the dude, and yeah, not a he, thing. He's clearly making good reads, and his progression's okay, but his timing just really sucks. You know, and and like you said earlier, no one was worried about his accuracy. Well, because he completed 73% of his passes. So you're like, why would I be worried about that? Clearly he can make all of these throws, but his timing is just so terrible. And even when he was getting the ball out in under two seconds two weeks ago, his timing still sucked. He was getting the yeah. ball out, but his timing with his receivers was still right. off. Right. And I noticed that, True. like little screen passes, Keith. Like it's like behind, it's like this. Like you know, like why are yeah. you leading cats? Like you see Aaron Rodgers. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers, but when Aaron Rodgers throws, like it's like in front of the dude, so the dude's running and just in. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's perfectness. You know, like no, he's not a lot of. I know, Mike. You're referencing some throws he nailed in the most recent game that were really good, but it's almost to me like that's almost by mistake. Like, cause it, well, he can't, nothing that I see him do recently has been like in rhythm and looked good. Uh, it just, and we all know this, man, we're beating a dead horse at this point, but hey, look, we're going, we're gonna trot into this game here with Miami, maybe take another loss, maybe help our draft stock even more heading into next year here. Hopefully Jackson, Zach shows us a little something. Hopefully Mims can show us a little something out there on the field, guys. Uh, we'll get something going in the running game. Last game, we actually ran the ball pretty decent too. Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter, that's our two best running backs. Like Mike mentioned, those two guys in the backfield, I like that at least. The run game, I think maybe we need to just predicate this whole offense around the run game. Um, that's the only thing that seems to be working, but that's all we got for this week, guys. Michael, if anyone does want to get at us, support us, or be involved in the AEBG world in any way, shape, or form, where could they do that? Well, you can find us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest jet fan in the state of Texas and the big stinking Wookiee Nicholas Kronk and the greatest high school football coach in the country today, Sammy O'Hare. My name is Keith Farrell. Get you next week, everybody. Peace out.